Hello and welcome to the Hand Me the Ox podcast. I'm your host, Peter Villafanye. This is the show where I bring on a special guest and we talk about a song that describes their past, one that describes their present, and another that describes their future. Today, we're handing the ox over to Danny Spence, DJ and owner of Austin Boogie Crew. Danny shares some vulnerability, talking about identity, recovery, and learning to love yourself. And of course, because this is the first episode, there is some audio weirdness. I did my best, people, but we're just going to have to learn to live with it and move on. So let's go now to me and Danny. Enjoy the conversation. Danny, hi. Thank you for being my first guest. Um, You spent your night DJing. How was that? Oh, it was excellent. I was with my homegirl, Monica. We were playing at Melody Lounge in Chinatown, which is a really nice divey spot with lanterns and great vibes. So we kind of went all over the map and just had a good time. I love that. Oh, yeah, I think I've been there. Um, now that you mentioned the lanterns, um, how much of DJing is like picking your personal favorite songs versus songs that you know people will like and dance to? There's a balance with that, you know. I think being a good DJ, you need to do both things. Part of it is recognizing that we all share a musical vocabulary and the songs that we all grew up with or that we all know you know, they're celebrated and they're dope for a reason. So, you know, it's about playing that while mixing that with, you know, the gems, the kind of unheard stuff maybe, uh, or more obscure that's equally dope, but, you know, not everyone's heard necessarily. So I think doing both is important to me as a DJ. Mm. Cool. Tell me about Austin Boogie Crew. Yeah, Austin Boogie Crew, it's a a DJ collective that I founded in uh, 2011 in Austin, where I'm from. And uh, yeah, it's a group of like five of us, five DJs, and we specifically play 80s funk and then everything that sprung off of that, right? So house, hip hop, R&B, disco, um, a little new wave synth pop, you know, and in 2014, we expanded and became a record label. So I think at this point, we're 15 or 16 releases deep on uh, putting out records on vinyl of uh, Modern Funk, of Modern Mm -hmm. Funk, which is, you know, the sound inspired by, you know, all those artists like Prince and the Gap Band and groups like that that's being made now cool amazing all right well let's get to your songs how was the process of picking these for you it was interesting i uh i love the premise and as soon as you put it out there to me they came to me like pretty quickly um all songs that i've kind of been jamming recently uh but have been in my life for a little bit and so um it was it was fun and it was it was a little emotional also yeah they all kind of span like different genres as well your songs um you know betraying your music taste a little bit um 
So let's get into song number one. What did you pick? My first song uh, uh, representing my past was uh, from a rapper, Shad, who's from Canada. It's called Brother Watching. Yo, I try to hold some hope in my heart for these African youths coming up where I'm from. Many traps to elude, surrounded by mostly white and affluent dudes. And somehow you expected to have mastered this. This song is off of Shad's second LP, The Old Prince. It talks about stereotypes and adversity that young black people face in the world and encourages them to live their lives. It samples the Isley Brothers track, Brother Brother. And he has a hip hop song basically about um, the harm and the hurt of white supremacy that we experience as black people growing up mm-hmm. in this world. Um, and, you know, the stereotypes that are out there that we're kind of held to, and it's like a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Like if you meet it, then yeah, you're affirming, you know, in people's heads, like this, these are my views or these are my expectations of how black people are supposed to act and if you don't meet it then it's like yeah you're not like you're not authentic or you're not the right type of black person you know I remember when I was 18 years old and I was dating this girl for a little while and she eventually broke it off and said I like black guys who are more thuggish wow and yeah like and that uh you know I'm definitely not thuggish I didn't grow up that way (laughs) You know, like that's not the path that life had in, in mind for me. But yeah, it, it hurt and it, and it kind of affirmed in my head, like, yeah, I'm not the right type of black guy. You know, I'm not, uh, there's something wrong with me that I'm not fulfilling this, this stereotype, this expectation, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, the lyrics, I just love the song, like, it's so beautifully written. I get goosebumps listening to it. Saturated with negative images and a limited range of possibilities. It's strange. And it's sad because that naturally do sort of condition. You know, just how how he breaks it down. And it triggers all these different memories in my head. It also brought me back to like when I was in elementary school and I was over at a, a friend's house. And like for a little context, like I grew up as Shad did, like in a primarily white neighborhood, I was one of the only black kids at my at my school, right? And so there's so much like turmoil around fitting in. And I was raised primarily on mixed black and white. I was raised primarily by my mom's side of the family, my white side of the family. So I didn't have, you know, as many positive like black role models in my life as I probably needed to affirm, like, you know, just uh, that who I was was okay, you know? And so back to that story, I was at a friend's house in elementary school, fifth or sixth grade, maybe. And my friend, uh, my friend Will's dad was talking to my dad on the phone and he, then he said something to me afterwards, like, oh, your your dad sounds very refined. Mm. But I bet 
but I bet he could talk ghetto if he wanted to, right? You know, so it's like these reoccurring instances of microaggressions and um, that we have to deal with growing up black in this country. Mm -hmm. And so Shad, even though like coming from Canada, growing up in a similar situation from what it sounds like, you know, in the lyrics, he just uh, so perfectly captured that. And um, yeah, it's, to me, it's a great song. And it's like, it's a song I needed to hear when I was like 12 years old. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The first time I heard it, it was just so powerful of like, wow, like, and it's not a perspective you hear all the time, you know, in music in general and specifically hip hop, you know? And hip hop is like, you know, that's the music I grew up with, I rap as well. And so just hearing this song of like, you know, when you hear a song and it's like, it feels like it was written for you. Yes. You know, like you relate to it that much. And that's what this was for me. And it was, you know, powerful and emotional and like a revelation, honestly. Like, okay, mm -hmm. like other people are are having this experience and feel empowered enough to talk about it. Yeah. So that kind of categorizes a lot of your um, growing up black and dealing with the adversity and this whole thing of like respectability politics. But even when you are trying to respect to be respectable, people still don't respect you. Mm -hmm. Um why put this song in your past? I think it, it really defines the journey of my early life and adolescence and early adulthood was learning to be like, not to jump ahead, but like comfortable in my skin, like mm -hmm. just okay with who I am in the world and not only okay, but like happy about it. And yeah you know, like celebrating who I am and my culture and, uh, you know, all the things uh, that are special about, about being black, honestly, like, because growing up under that specter of white supremacy, there's just so much dis-ease and like self-hatred that gets cultivated out of that. So I really was battling that early in life of, mm -hmm. um, you know, not thinking that I was enough and not, uh, not feeling, um, like I could, and this is a thing for like a lot of mixed kids, like a lot of happies is like feeling trapped between worlds. Right. And mm -hmm. not, not fully accepted in, in either one. Yeah. Um, and so, the journey of my early life was kind of just getting through that and then starting to cultivate a sense of self-love and self-appreciation and pride in who I am. Yeah. Do you feel like you've overcome a lot of that, um, a lot of those like negative feelings around your identity? I feel like I made like some tremendous progress on that front, you know? And really that, that comes with time, that comes with, you know, work in terms of therapy, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of surrounding myself with, with other black people and like, um, 
expressing these things um, with just being able to like blossom in that way. Um, so it's, it's a process, you know, mm-hmm. I think these, these deep seated traumas, they're always with you. You always carry them. But the difference is that now I can recognize it as, you know, as that, as something out of my control and, you know, remind myself that, oh yeah, like I'm good. This is, you know, this is just the bullshit, (laughs) honestly, of, uh, you know, uh, the expectations and that are uh, thrust upon us. Sure. And that sets us up nicely for the song you picked for your present, which was? It was by uh, a group called The Winans, Ain't No Need to Worry, featuring Anita Baker. Kind of coming off of the, the intensity of the first song, this song is, it's a gospel track and it's, you know, like low tempo, mm-hmm. very, uh, very joyful, very uh, serene and also mm-hmm. bumping. Like, that's what I love about gospel music, like particularly uh, from that time period, like 80s, mm-hmm. you know, like it's banging. It's like uh, <laughs> a soul record you would hear on the radio, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but just, yeah, where I am now, which the song is kind of expressing is like, you know, not getting caught up in um, anxiety and worry about things and just having trust that, you know, things are the, the way that they are for a reason and that they'll pass. And so. I think it also ties into where I am in life in terms of like being in recovery from drugs and alcohol, um, you know, which I'm thankful to God about and, you know, learning how to sit with feelings and emotions, which was, you know, something I was running away from for a large portion of my life. Mm -hmm. Right. So um and yeah i just love it's just such a sweet song and i love the power and um and the singing and gospel and i think that comes from you know people who are tapping into that just that pure jubilation that pure spirituality you know and it comes through in the voices and um so yeah like that's where I'm trying to be now. It's just like on that wave, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It very much has that vibe of like taking things one day at a time and like negative feelings and um, are like temporary. So I very much enjoyed that, um, that feel good track. And now we're getting into the aspirational looking into the future. You picked one of my favorite songs, Cozy by Beyonce. Yeah. Dancing in the mirror, kiss my stars because 
Cozy is off of Beyonce's disco, house, and Vogue-inspired album, Renaissance. It's all about her pride in being Black and loving herself. So let's talk about this for your future. Yeah, You alluded to it a little bit earlier. (laughs) No doubt. Um, I'm definitely in part of the beehive, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, She's the queen. And so I love the Renaissance album when that shopped, mm-hmm. you know, because not only, you know, were the songs exceptional, but it also was tapping into the genres I love, you know, um, disco and uh, funk music and, you know, just all over the place. And this song specifically, it has like that, Af- that kind of African, like syncopated beat to it. Mm-hmm. And just the the strength and the confidence and you know wearing your your adversity on your sleeve and being like you know look at what i've been through and where i am now and like how bright i'm shining she comfortable comfortable in my skin cozy with who i am comfortable in my skin and it's just been such a a beautiful thing to watch her career unfold, mm-hmm. you know, where she's gotten to. I remember when, I can't remember which album it was, but when Beyonce started being more outspoken in that way, um, more prideful. Could be Lemonade? Yeah, it might have been Lemonade, like being more prideful and like open and unapologetically Black, right? And how like portions of white America kind of turned on her at that point. Like, oh, why is Beyonce being political now, you know? Mm -hmm. And for her to continue with that, I think part of it is like, you got to get to a certain place as a black artist. A lot of times, like, especially in the era she came up in where you can be, where it's safe enough, where you're established enough to be able to express yourself in that way without Mm -hmm. being demonized and discredited and a lot of the things that happen when you express yourself this way as a black person in America. And so it's just, the song sounds like a victory lap for her to me, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, it's very inspiring to me and an aspirational thing of like, this is where I want to be with myself and my identity you know, it's just this like, yeah, I'm comfortable. You know, mm-hmm. I'm good. Um, yeah, fantastic song. Yeah, um, really love the vibe of it. And it does, you know, specifically talk about like being comfortable being black, which is very cool for and I love your um, perspective on it too. Because um, it's that thing of like, when you shed that like need to be for everybody that you just become better, you know? Mm-hmm. So those were your three songs. How do you feel about them? Looking back at all three. I feel good. And like, it was interesting how they came into my mind, you know, kind of intuitively. And then afterwards I looked at them like as kind of, you know, one path or one story about, you know, acceptance and identity, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, like, 
to me they're all uh they're all bangers in different way in different ways you know yeah and uh yeah i hope people you know look them up and listen and give them a chance yeah all right well thank you so much this has been a lot of fun yeah for sure thank you for having me this was awesome This has been the Hand Me the Ox podcast. What a wonderful conversation with Danny. Thank you so much for listening. For Trash Mag, I'm Peter Villafanye. To check out more of our content, visit trashmag.xyz. See you next time. <laughs>